All right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is Melissa Kretschler. I'm your host of giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, creator and founder of not only just the live TV, but also the Women Supporting Women Can Network. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to forgive and who doesn't want to know how to forgive. We're going to be getting down and dirty into forgiveness, what it means for us, what it means for other people, um, but also how to forgive ourselves, which is a huge thing that people just don't do. So that's what we're going to get into today. Our episode has been sponsored by Meaningful Balance, which is the company that our guest speaker today owns, uh, Kyra Wong, and she is offering you a you know, a look into breath work and focusing and um, some coaching packages that she has available to you. The links for those are in the description of this episode. Go So go and check those out. If you'd like to connect with myself or Kyra, please do so at justalivetv.com or click the links in the description of this video. Um, yeah, like, share, follow, join the show, join our newsletter, all of that fun stuff. Kyra, why don't I hand it off to you? Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm so happy to be sitting here and chatting with you about one of my favorite topics, something that I have struggled with in the past and come a long way on myself. I am um, a positive psychology and a breathwork coach. And I really, after a 20 plus year career in um, corporate America as a senior HR leader, I decided that it was really time for my own health, my own benefits, my own well-being to take a step back from corporate life. And now I help my clients kind of rebalance their life a little bit. You know, many of us get caught up in, you know, the old, the term adulting. You know, we, we put so much pressure on ourselves to have the career and make the money and have the title and have the family and be there for our kids and our community. And while all of that is amazing, right, who doesn't want to be successful, who doesn't want to be there, be best parents and partners and friends we can be, that often takes a toll on us. And we often put ourselves on the back burner. And what that can do is what happened to me. I hit a extreme wall of burnout and exhaustion where I was having panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And my health was just completely deteriorating. And so what I do is I help people kind of bring themselves back to the forefront and show them ways that they can still be that amazing person and be successful, but also do it in a way that works for them. So they are getting something out of their lives so that they're being healthy, so that they're putting themselves first and meeting themselves where they are and managing their needs. And it's, it's I meet such amazing clients and to see the transformation in people from realizing that being successful is great, but man, so is feeling good and so is loving your life and, and understanding your meaning and purpose and values. It's just such an incredible and I feel so um, honored to be able to do that with people. I feel you. I you and I do something very similar and I absolutely love that because I do. I, that's what I do, right? I bring you back to yourself, reclaiming your identity, right? And that's why I called it identity coaching because it was everything that we do, everything in our lives comes back to who we are, comes back to how we provide for ourselves. We're constantly providing for everybody else, right? Uh, whether you're a parent, whether you're a partner, whether you are a CEO or, you know, a successful uh, professional in whatever aspect that looks like, even a stay-at-home mom, all of these things take so much of our time, so much of our energy, and we don't give, we don't fill our own cups before we, we fill everybody else's, right? And I used this analogy the other day in one of our episodes is, um, think of everybody in your family having a shower, right? You've got to bathe the kids, bathe the dog, you know, whoever else is in the house, they're all showering first, right? And they're all bathing first. And then it's like, okay, oh, everything's done. It's finally my time. And you get in there and it's rusty water at the bottom of the hot water tank because it hasn't had time exactly. to fill up. And now you're in this disgusting water because you've left yourself to the last, right? Instead of putting yourself first or even, you know, doing it earlier in the day when nobody else is around, right? Leaving yourself to the last minute. And I think we do that constantly is we leave ourselves to the last minute. And it's ridiculous. Absolutely. So. And the beauty of it is, is I find that it's, it doesn't always have to be some major, major project, you know, I'm all for 
you know, self-care and taking care of yourself. I love the vacations. I love the manic pedis. I love the, you know, the spa days, but we miss, oh, beautiful. I love the nails. I, I'm a little desperate for one myself at this moment. <laughs> Those are beautiful. But we also miss just the day-to-day -day moments that we can build in for ourselves to make lives really simple. We shouldn't have to wait eight months to try to enjoy five days of vacation because you know we've heard the saying three days to start to unwind one day to enjoy and then you're already prepping for what comes when you get home by building in those easy simple practical moments into your life that you can stop and enjoy stop and breathe stop and rest build something in over time the impact to our psyche to our mentalness to our you know, spirituality, whatever you, you believe in, it's it's humongous. It's humongous. And that's where breath work comes into play for me too. Breath work, I got into it because I found I was having a hard time managing my own anxiety, managing, you know, the difficult situations I was in. And just by learning little steps to regulate my breath, it helped control my nervous system and kind of rebalance it again. What's that? Control your emotions, right? Yes, absolutely. Our, yeah, breath work is great for controlling emotions. And it's the emotions that cause this, like our stress, our panic, our anxiety, our depression, they're emotions, right? They're triggered by our thoughts. So when you can kind of calm those emotions and calm what's going on, it's easier to breathe. It's easier to process. It's easier to, to be logistical and actually think about what's going on, right? Um, I love that you mentioned vacations and those like big, you know, family vacations that people go on. How many of our of our viewers, if you you know, if you're catching the replay or watching this live, how many of you go on a vacation and then come home from the vacation and it's like you need a vacation from the vacation? It's you know, when you if vacations aren't actually vacations, if you travel the world, you're still being active. You're still doing all of the things you're still, especially if you have a family with you, right? You go to the lake and it's like, okay, now the kids want to go quadding. They want to go boating. They want to go whatever, whatever it is that you do. They want to go hiking. They want to play outside. And it's like, Hey, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. There's no downtime, right? Or very little. So I, every day, I love how you mentioned the small things every day we need to put a little bit of focus on ourselves. Now, whatever that looks like, some, for, so for me, um, I'm being a spiritual teacher, I do teach meditation. Now I'm, meditation as it's taught today is, is not what it should be. Meditation is not to clear your mind. It's to calm your emotions. It's to calm everything. Meditation is a relaxation technique that brings you into a deep seated relaxation. That's all meditation is. So anything that you do, whether that's art therapy, music, whether it's driving in your car, taking a bath, being out in nature, whatever calms you is meditation, right? Mm -hmm. So going through and doing breath work or going through and doing something that calms those emotions, right? Are going to help you throughout the day those are little things that you can do one of my favorite breath works is the 15 second breathing technique or the box breathing right where you inhale for five hold for five mm -hmm. exhale for five right and it's that is if you do that the amount of relaxation you feel after that is in, insane right and it's it calms everything down and the beautiful thing about that one that's one of my favorites also I teach in my class is you can do it from anywhere. The, these are things you can do from anywhere. You can do it sitting at your desk right before a big meeting. You can do it, you know, right before your job interview. You can do it when you need to take a second away from the kids that are screaming. So you, these are things that you can do at any moment in time, very simple techniques. So that's exactly perfect. Yep. Um, I love that you mentioned my nails. I am, I found a lady who is local to me was absolutely sensational. I do my nails not to please anybody else. I do it because I love the way my nails look long. Now, are they awkward to use at times? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I can still wipe. <laughs> do people ask me that question? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny. I was at my husband's work and he works, he, he, he's a manager at a mechanic shop. And so I went to his work one day and, and they were longer than they are now. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, 
the guy's like, I was showing him something on my phone and he's like, you can actually still use your phone. And I'm like, yeah, I can wipe my ass too. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I bet he did not, not expect that answer. <laughs> yeah. He was like, wow. Like he just, he couldn't even, right. Um, so yeah, but I found my daughter. Um, my daughter has a little boyfriend, but we can't, we can't say his name. Um, but his mom is like ridiculous with nail wow. art. So she does like press on nails. She does, you know, gel like mine, uh, or, you know, my extension nails, my nails are so brittle, but so I'm about to start getting her to do my nails and oh my goodness, anybody watching who likes nails, <laughs> follow me and I will help you follow her. Um, but no, it was impressive work. Pardon me. That was impressive work. Oh my goodness. Right. And she did that by hand. Like I, I, I'm not artistic in that way. I'm artistic in, you know, my business in creating things. And like, I make crystal jewelry and heat therapy bags and creative in my word and my, and you know, the way I speak and the way that I write, but when it comes to like actual art, I'm just like non-existent, right? It's stick figures. I think, I think flowers, like the, the childhood circular flowers are probably the only ones I can do. But with that being said, <laughs> it depends. Um, but finding things that make you feel good, right? There are times where we will take and get our nails done, get our hair done, go and buy designer clothes and all of that. And honestly, it's really just not helping, right? We, it, it becomes a chore. It's not a relaxation yep. anymore. So relaxation is super important, but getting back to how to forgive, because that is our topic for today. <laughs> we have to, um, everything that we do in life, right? Every, and, and I said this on yesterday's episode as well, every perceived failure, and I do put that in quotations because I don't believe we have failures. Every perceived failure that we have is a ding to our confidence it's a ding to our self-worth it's a you know you look at kids and people tell kids all the time oh you have it easy you're just a kid you don't have to worry about this and you don't have to worry about that I call bullshit absolutely I call bullshit um I'm very much an advocate that children have it worse than we do um but every time something happens, whether it's parents fighting, whether it's a lack of money, whether it's a lack of food, whatever lack is going on or whatever issue or situation comes up for a kid, they internalize that. Is it my fault? Did I do something wrong? Are they mad at me? Did I create this? Is it because I asked for something? Is it right? And so it's the spiral. We grow up with that internal dialogue that if anything happens or we have any perceived failures that we've done something wrong or we could have done something more. And we take that with us. Now you look at, at children. What did you want to be when you were younger? Did you want to be a vet? I wanted to be a vet, but what did you want to be when you were younger? Did you want to be a princess? Did you want to be a knight in shining armor? Did you like, what did you want to be as a kid? What was your goal? Right. When, when they say, what do you want to be when you're older? My daughter was asked this today what do you want to be when you're older? And she's like, Oh, I want to be a doctor. Well, maybe a nurse like grandma, but grandma's retired because she's old. This is what she told our neighbor today. Um, but what do you, what did you want to be when you were older? And then you look back and because we still have that childhood dream, right? We might not be on that path anymore. It may have changed a million times, but as we're going, we still have that child in our mindset going, I wanted to be this. And it didn't happen. I wanted to be a princess. I wanted to be a knight in shining armor. And we didn't get that vision didn't happen. And we start to blame ourselves, uh, you know, and we start, how many of us have actually looked back and said, you know, I forgive myself or I'm sorry. That's not what I want anymore. And actually forgive yourself for not being where you thought you were going to be or not the career that you thought you were going to be in. We still hold on to that. And we don't even realize we hold on to that. Yeah. It's amazing. The things that, that, and I agree, I agree with you. You know, I, um, I was a very serious child 
and I held on to every negative emotion that surrounded me, every um, situation where I felt I let somebody down. And over the years, what started happening was it was like it was like a building block, right? Like so I started off maybe feeling guilty by this. And by the time I was a teenager, maybe I didn't fully understand where this guilt came from. But so many negative stories I told myself because I didn't understand how to reframe. I mean, a lot of children, they, they don't. And we don't necessarily teach kids. I think a little bit more now. You see the growth mindset, the yet, you know, I'm not great at this yet. I, I can do this. I'm seeing some more of that now, which is amazing. But and by the way, I wanted to be a truck driver, which a long distance truck driver because I really wanted to travel, which that dream went down the drain when I was in high school and realized I hated driving. And it took me like three times to get my driver's license. So yeah, I did not live out my childhood dream. But I think that, you know, we, we build from a very young age, a story about life. And a lot of it is shaped by our environment. A lot of it is shaped by our own um, personality and how we internalize things. And by the time we start to realize that these are stories, we have so much built up <laughs> that it becomes harder to, un to unpack and to look back. And, you know, I'm a believer that unpacking is important, but part of it is just accepting and acknowledging, right? Like I had to look back and say, well, where does this really, where does this belief come from? And a lot of my beliefs about myself that um, I'm a difficult person, that maybe I'm not worthy of love, that impacted my decisions as a young adult and now, you know, a mid-range adult really come from when I was a child and, you know, some divorces in my family and splitting up the family. So it took like pulling that thread just a little bit and saying, oh, okay, nobody told me this. Nobody said this is your fault. In fact, they did the opposite. But when we internalize that at a very young age and start telling ourselves the story about what happened, we build on that throughout the years. And if we don't take the time to do the work and accept and just acknowledge and accept and say, okay, we can't change the past, but where does this storyline start and how has it you know, not served me or served me throughout the years? you know, it's really kind of eye-opening. It really is eye-opening that, that this starts at a much younger age than I think most people realize because they're, we're not able to, at such a young age, most of us understand that we're building stories in our realities around us based on what our environment, what's happening in our environment. Yep. Um, I created what I call the seven mindset pillars. And what it is, is when we're born, we start creating belief systems in these pillars, right? And the seven pillars are our seven most important areas of life. So our self, our spirituality, whether you're an atheist, whether you're a Christian, doesn't matter. It's still whatever your beliefs are about your spirituality, your romantic relationships, your family, your friends, your finances, and your career, right? So the seven most important aspects of our life. And as we're kids and as we grow up, we build beliefs in each of those pillars, right? Based on our experiences, what we're taught, how we perceive things, how we're taught to perceive things, peer pressure, um, or our peers are all of it, right? And once we get to a stage where we're starting to make decisions, we base all of those decisions on what our beliefs are in that platform, right? So if we've created, say, ourselves right? Or even relationships. If we've created our belief in our relationship column that we're not worthy because we've seen other people who weren't worthy, maybe we were picked over for other people, maybe we felt like something was missing. I know when I was growing up in my teens, I would see somebody and I'd be like, ooh, I want them. And then they'd pick my friend, right? <sighs> And so there was that belief that started there. And so it was like, okay, well, why, why am I not good enough? What's the difference? Right. And so you, you start to make decisions and, and take actions based on those beliefs. And as you get older, those beliefs aren't yours. You've created them, right. but they're not aligned to you. They're not aligned to what you want. Right. And so they start to change. But again, there, the forgiveness comes in because we've created this belief and that belief creates our reality. And it's mm -hmm. like, hey, well, my reality right now kind of sucks. And you're telling me that I've created it. Well, now I, I feel even worse. And that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is to 
understand where your head is at, understand how you're creating your reality, forgive yourself for doing that and change how you look at it, right? And, and so the seven pillars, right, is just understanding, okay, what are your foundations? They're like, I always say they're like uh, the Colosseum in Greece, right, where you've got all those pillars holding up the, <laughs> right? Um, and that is your foundation. That's your, that's, that's in between your identity and your expression, right? Mm -hmm. Your identity is at your core. There's, there's nothing else there. That, that is at the central most point of where you're at. The pillars are on top of that. So your identity is squashed down underneath these pillars of what your mind is telling you, who you should be, what you should be doing, where you should be going. You create all these things. So like if you if you're raised in a religious household that tells you and, and I'm going to go here and, and this isn't stereotypical or anything I've seen this happen is you're really raised in a religious household uh, your parents, uh, you, you know, it's very much put into your head that you have to be with a certain person, maybe a certain race, maybe a certain culture, maybe a certain religion or belief system, you have to pick somebody in that category right and. Yeah all of a sudden somebody comes into your life and that person is everything you could have dreamed of, but they're not in that, they're not in that, that category. So you walk away and get with somebody else and that somebody else ends up being, you know, abusive or, you know, cheats on you or whatever that looks like, right? That belief might not be yours. It might be something that was created and again, it goes to that forgiveness, right? Is we, we tend not to forgive ourselves for what we think we created. And while we did create it, it's unconsciously. Right. Absolutely. Unconsciously. And, and, you know, I spent a lot of time with my um, clients on one of the pillars of meaning, which is storytelling. And it goes to what you're saying is that you know, over time, as we build or we in your pillar, you know, we build in our pillar, we put things in there, things are put in there, we feed into that. And we feed it and we feed it and we feed it until we're either at a breaking point or something challenges that belief or we wake up one day and, and we go, wait, you know, what, what's going on in my life? You know, I have found in my experience and one of the, the most difficult thing to forgive, you know, we talk about forgiveness of others, because of course, you know, there are situations that arise, what happens with others. It is almost harder for us to forgive ourselves because we, we convince ourselves that we did it, we felt it, we believed it, and that makes us a terrible person. That makes us an unaware person. That makes us a fill-the-blank-in-here person. And once we start telling ourselves that story over and over, if we can't break that cycle, it just becomes who we are. We, we think it's who we are. It's not really who we are, but we think it's who we are. And then that is what we put out as, as our identity. And then we beat ourselves up for it. So it's kind of this vicious cycle. So I always, you know, work on people's storytelling with them and say, let's, let's really drill into and catch what are the storylines you're telling yourself? What are you feeding into <laughs> that pillar or, you know, that, that storyline of your life that's not serving you? And, you know, sometimes by there, it's harder for people to say what it's not serving me. I say, well, how is it serving you? How is this belief serving you as an adult at age 44, at age 30, at age, whatever age you are? Tell me how that is serving you. And usually when they start thinking of it as that way, they think, well, it's not, it's not serving me. Well, what, what could you be doing? What energy could you be placing? If you didn't have that belief, what, what could you be doing with that energy? And what would it be a better belief? that could serve you and what could you do with that? So just by getting people kind of to, to understand that it's just a story, our feelings and our emotions are not us. They do not make us who we are and we can stop feeding into that pillar, that pipeline, uh, more stuff on top of it. Um, and really looking at how, if we could shift your belief and your thought about this story, how can you use it no matter what happened in the past to serve you today? 44-year-old Kira today sitting here, how can we make it serve you? And it's and forgiveness of ourselves, I think, is one of the hardest things because we carry ourselves with us wherever we go. We can't, it's hard to get out of our own head. So I tell people, instead of trying to get out of your head, what if you acknowledge, faced it, and just, re, you know, reshifted the story? Retell the story to yourself. 
look back and say, if I looked at it from a different perspective, what came out of that? What could I have done? Maybe what should I have done? What would I do differently now? And hold on to that value today, that belief, that understanding so that we can make decisions going forward. Absolutely. I do that too. It's, you have to, people are like, oh, I don't want to go back. And I say, it's not, we're not going back. We're not going back to relive it. We're not going back to change it. We're going back to really understand what perspective that, what, what perspective did you hold that created the belief that, that you're not worthy or that you're not good enough, or that created the path you're on now. And it's, it is, it's changing your perception of it, right? Because if I look back, I can change any negative into a positive. That doesn't mean it doesn't suck that it happened. Obviously, I don't want, you know, I don't want anybody to experience negativity, but it is one of the only three guarantees of life. You're guaranteed death, you're guaranteed taxes, and you're guaranteed negativity. There's not a single person in this world that has not had one form or another of negative experiences it's a guarantee. So going back and saying, okay, this happened, it absolutely sucks that it happened, but how can you use it? Instead of saying it happened to me, it happened for me, right? And you're changing that perception. So if you were, say something happened in your childhood, right? And you took that on and you created these beliefs from it is holding yourself in forgiveness, but saying, okay, it happened. I can't change that it happened, but I can change how it affects me now. And that's what you're doing. You're changing how you react to it. You're changing how it, what belief it created. Instead of it making you into a victim mentality, it's now making you stronger and wiser, right? You learn, you know, I wrote a book on all of my past relationships. And what I did is I wrote the book and I used every one of my past relationships and how they all taught me something different. They were all failures, they all ended, but each one of them taught me something different. One taught me how to be a good partner. One taught me what I didn't wanna feel in a relationship. One taught me how to stand up for myself when I was being used or cheated on. One taught me how to put myself first. They all taught me something I needed to learn to get where I am today. I've now been married for 13 years. I'm married to my twin flame, uh, spiritually speaking. And we absolutely have our ups and downs, but I'm a better partner because of my past relationships, because of the failures that I have had in the past, because I changed how I looked at them. And that's amazing. And I'm so happy you met your, your twin flame. That's perfect. You know, and I've, I've also had situations where people feel guilty about things they have done to others, either intentionally or unintentionally. And that often is something, you know, to, that's difficult to get over to. Well, I really did do X, Y, Z to this person. It may have been five years ago. It may have been 10 years ago, but I'm still having this storyline of being such a terrible person in my head. And again, can't, fix what you did to that person or to that situation, but you can absolutely learn from it, accept it, release that emotion that's attached to it, and just understand you are not that same person 10 or 15 years ago. And by holding on to that old stuff, don't forget it because you don't want to do it again. You want to repeat it. But by holding on to the feeling you felt 10 years ago, you're simply dragging that energy into your future. And again, holding space where space should be released for the growth, right? We're, we're not releasing that space of um, anger, upset, frustration, embarrassment, humiliation. When we hold on to that, we're not releasing that space that can let that growth come in. That, well, that'll never happen again. That I'm a bigger person. I'm a, I'm a new person. I have different beliefs now. I have different values. I can make different decisions because I've learned from it. Um, so it's very powerful to kind of release those things, even when you were wrong, even when you hurt somebody else. It's not about saying that was okay. It's about saying, I did it. I acknowledge it. I accept it. Maybe there's nothing I can do to fix it, but I'm going to save that space for growth as a human being, for growth as an individual, for growth in my life and grow and expand from that moment and keep it moving. Yeah. I have, I, I, I did, 
I'm in the process of doing the Empowered Warrior Women Challenge, and it's a five-day challenge. And I'm only saying that because it, it goes hand in hand with what you just said, right? We give our power away all the time, right? We're giving our power away and holding on to the people, to the situations, to the emotions, to the feelings, to the regrets and the failures of our past. We're giving that our power still, right? Um, I know a lot of people who are angry with their exes, who are raging at the way that they treated them, at the, how the situation ended. You're constantly giving that person more power right? They're still controlling where you're at now. So forgiveness goes hand in hand. So let's get into forgiving ourselves is, is absolutely important, right? We need to acknowledge what wrongdoing, and again, quotations, we need to acknowledge what we've done. Now, one of the things that I've told my own clients is that we do our best. You might've been wrong. Your intention might've not been in the greatest place, but at that moment in time, you were doing the best you could with the knowledge that you had, the beliefs that you had, and the situation that you were in. Does it mean that you weren't an asshole? No, it doesn't. You might have been. But at that point in time, that's where you felt you needed to be, right? You did the best that you can with the information that you had. That's all you can do. Yeah. Learning from that and moving forward, right? Forgiving yourself and moving forward with that knowledge that I can be better, I can do better, I can change how I was then now, mm -hmm. right, and do better. Now, forgiving other people is another thing. So I have my fair share of people that, you know, I've forgiven and I've not forgiven. There are only a very limited handful of people that I actually have used the word hate with because I don't use the word hate very often. There are only, there's less than a handful of people that I could at one point in, or another say that I actually hated. And I don't hate them anymore. You know, I might not like them. I might've cut them out of my life. They may not be anywhere near me, but at the same time, I've forgiven them and I've forgiven myself for the situation that I'll never forget and I'll never allow them back in my life. But at the same time, I'm not allowing them to hold power over me. And that's my biggest reason for forgiveness of other people. I don't have to let you back in. Forgiveness doesn't mean that I allow you to get to get away with what you've done or anything like that. I'm forgiving to remove that energy from my life, to remove your power of my life. Absolutely. I agree with everything you just said. And I do similar, um, I have similar beliefs around that. I, I tell people forgiveness is not for the other person. Mm -hmm. It is not to accept what the other person did or said, you know, what the intention of the situation was. It is not for them. So the act of forgiving doesn't mean you are okaying <laughs> them treating you this way this situation handling ha happening this way it's for you to be able to take that weight off your shoulders and say I need this weight off of me I no longer want to carry this baggage I no longer want to hold on to it and I need to be able to focus on me and my well-being it's not for the other person. I think a lot of people think, well, I'm not going to forgive them because then they're, they're going to think it's okay. Half the time, they don't even know, right? They've moved on with their lives. Maybe they're, you know, no longer with us. They may, you know, be gone. I mean, there's a lot of things. More often than not, people are no longer holding on to stuff because they've moved on. When we're holding on to it, we, we feel, it's almost like we feel it's not okay. And if it's not okay, then I can't forgive. Well, then you're really just hurting yourself, right? You're holding on to that baggage yourself. They're probably somewhere living their lives. Yeah. So when you think about forgiveness of others, you're not acknowledging it, you're not okaying it, you're not saying this was acceptable, you're not believing that that was the right thing to do. You're simply saying, I'm going to reclaim my energy, my thoughts, my beliefs, and I'm going to remove this weight and not get another weight of the world off of my shoulders so that I can move on. Yeah. And one way, um, and you've probably heard of this or done this, 
Um, sometimes when I have clients that are really kind of stuck in that situ uh, situation, I have them write a letter, a letter that they never have to send, a letter that I they usually throw away, rip up, burn after they've reflected on it. Write out your emotions, get it out. What is real? What are you holding on to? What is the feeling? What is the thoughts? And write out how you feel. You can cuss in it. You can, you know, be mean in it. You can say whatever you need to say to get off your, your chest. But at the end, write a paragraph about how you are moving on from it and why you're moving on from it and that you're releasing the energy. And sometimes just working through that exercise and reading back the words and saying, okay, this is, these are powerful, strong words that I'm holding in my, in my body, in my mind, in my spirit. I'm going to release them now. Those kinds of exercises I find are powerful when we just have that situation or that person that we just can't forgive. But the underlying is always, I, I, I'm not going to forget it. I'm not going to acknowledge it. I'm not going to okay it, but I'm going to try to release it. And you're really releasing yourself yeah. when you do that. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the other person. And we assume that if somebody, we can't control other people's thoughts, beliefs, actions, emotions, we can't control any of it. Right. So if somebody does something, if somebody takes an action and that action triggers you, it's your trigger. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't absolutely get pissed off if somebody hits you in the face or abuses you or treats you like crap. That's probably intentional actions on their part, right? It's not forgiving them. It's releasing, or like you said, it's releasing or removing their energy from yours the emotional energy that you're holding on to, because it is a weight on your shoulders, right? If you look at energy, right? Cause we're all made of energy. It's not necessarily a spiritual concept. Of course it's, it's promoted as spiritual, but it's not. If you work out, you're energized, right? You're feeding energy by working out. When you eat a meal, you're feeding your energy. It's there. That's physical energy. But we also have emotional energy. If you've had a day where you've either been super happy and you had an entire day filled with family and friends and it was great. And by the end of the day, you're exhausted, right? That's a positive emotion. That's a positive high vibrational energy, but it's draining as hell. You also get negative energy, right? So if you have negative energy and you're getting pissed off and you're violent and you're angry and you're thinking about somebody who's wronged you, you have this, again, high vibrational energy and it's negative. Again, it's draining, right? If you hold on to all of those emotions, all of those energies, all of those feelings, you're draining your essence, your energy, your life force, whatever you want to call it, you're draining yourself. And it's a weight that is constantly on your shoulder. I can't remember who did it or where it is, but it's, it's like having the world on your shoulders, right? That statue of the man with the world on his shoulder, the globe on his shoulders, right? And he's trying to hold it up. Yes. That's mm -hmm. what we walk around like when we're holding on to all the wrongs that have done to us all the wrongs that we have done when we're holding on to all of those it is draining i have somebody close to me in my life who is still holding on to the regret and failure of not being there when one of their loved ones passed and 20 something years later and they are still drowning in that and they've created multiple situations after that that are still weighing on them we're trying to release it hard going but again yeah, it's know. it's a process right and people like you and i are are people who help release that energy who help release the emotional attachment to that and you can call it forgiveness, right? But at the same time, I think it's just embracing your roles and your, you know, who you are and saying, I'm not you. I'm not going to hold on to your energy any longer. I'm not going to allow what you did or what you said to drain my life anymore. And it doesn't even have to be forgiveness. I still think of the people, the people that I've removed from my life well, I haven't forgiven them. I'm still angry. If I look at them or talk to them or even hear about them, I am raging angry and I want to hurt them. But 
at the same time, they're not weighing on my life. They're not weighing on my every day. I'm just volatile and vindictive. And I, you know, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> but I'm okay. You know, that. I think to your point, part of it is we're, yeah, I mean, you accept who you are. That's a beautiful thing, right? But, you know, I think it's important. We are human. We're not talking about never feeling the emotions. We're not saying don't feel the anger. Don't feel the hurt. Don't, I mean, all going to do it day in, day out, every day. You know, we're like a roller coaster, right? You don't know what the world, you're going to wake up in the world. And certainly feeling anger is okay. Being upset is okay. Being frustrated is okay. But it's what do you do with that energy after that moment has passed? And sometimes when I have people lean really hard into gratitude when they're having a hard time with forgiveness, because the focus on gratitude is the opposite, right? Like, where can I focus my energy and my love and my light? And where can I really lean into the thankful things that I have going on? And if we can build up that muscle, you know, that muscle a little bit, where we can really focus on the things in our life that are amazing, it sometimes makes it a little bit easier to let go of what's weighing us down because we were able to kind of shift that mindset towards the beautiful things in our life. And the more we can feel that gratitude, the more likely we're able to go, no, 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 this is what's important. This is not as important to me anymore. And I can start to release this. So it kind of is like the opposite muscle, right? Like I want to forgive over here and I want to release this negative energy. Let me find those things in my life that lift me up, that, that spiritually, emotionally, the people, the relationships, the, my purpose, my values, and let me try and lean a little bit more into those so that I can kind of shift my mindset towards a more um, grateful being and, and being more present in the here and the now instead of living in what's happened in the past. There are terminologies, I'm, so, I'm segueing for a second, there are terminologies that people use now, and I, I use them too, so nothing nothing to you or, or anybody else who uses them gratitude law of attraction meditation grounding spirituality positivity um all of those terminologies and all of those practices lately have been grinding on my nerves and not in like the reason is and i'm, I'm gonna express why the reason is is because it's become more of a fad right and and more of a bypass right gratitude and law of attraction for me have become a way to bypass it's like toxic positivity you have and I've been talking about toxic positivity for six years and I got ridiculed I got shamed I got rejected because I would talk about toxic positivity as the positivity movement was coming about is that we bypass right and I love that you said, and you've said throughout this entire video, that you still have to feel the emotions. You still have to feel what's going on. And I find that with me, I understand where you're coming with gratitude. Absolutely. Because I do something similar, right? I just tend to avoid the word gratitude. <laughs> going back, right? And looking at a situation and instead of looking at how to forgive that person, it's what did I learn from this? right? Um, I, I do not speak to my mother. She is no longer a part of my life or my children's lives. Um, I have a lot of very strong negative feelings in that, in that sphere, but I'm still grateful that she gave me life. I'm still grateful that for the most part, she clothed and fed me for, you know, my childhood. I'm still grateful for some of the good memories that I do have with her but I will never allow her back into my life. And that is, I can be grateful for those things, but it doesn't cover up or change the fact that there's a lot of anger in there. There's a lot of, there, there's a lot of fear surrounding, you know, just the capabilities in, in that relationship. And so I think showing gratitude for, for the lessons, right? It's, I, I like to find, I like to find the, the lessons. So that's why I say using gratitude, I find the lessons. So I can't, it, they kind of go the same is when I look at a situation that's happened in my childhood or my client's childhood, and it's created a negative impact today. It's like, okay, this happened absolutely it happened you want to feel bad about it you want to feel sad about it feel whatever you need to feel because that's part of the process but how did it make you better 
right? What did it teach you that you needed to know to grow? I always say negativity is the catalyst for positive growth. I've coined that term many years ago because it is. When we experience negative events or negative traumas or, or whatever that looks like, we create a positive growth. We learn how to be better. We learn how to think better. We learn how to grow with that trauma. Now, if you're sitting in a victim mentality or a very negative mentality, that means that you haven't processed what's going on, right? Um, you don't know how to forgive. You don't know how to process. You don't know how to allow yourself to release that other person or their energy from your life right? So that you're not carrying that weight with you. Forgiveness. I love forgiveness. The thing is too, and we had talked about this before, is a lot of people find forgiveness a weakness, right? There is a woman. I found that also. Yeah. We did an episode and it's called co-creating the final chapter. And it is a woman and I was shocked and I was like, I couldn't, like, I could, I'm nowhere near a place where I could do this. But she actually allowed her parents back into her life to co-create their final chapter. Knowing who they are, knowing how they treated her, uh, knowing how they made her feel, she has allowed them back in so that she can help them have a loving, happy final chapter the way that they are. And while that's great, I couldn't do that. But while it's great, it's like, that's not a weakness. The amount of strength it takes to allow somebody who's hurt you, who's abused you, who's treated you like crap back in your life, that it depends, right? There's, it's not weakness in there. You can forgive somebody and never have them come back into your life. You can forgive somebody. Forgiveness is courage because it's, you're being courageous enough to forgive for yourself. And, and we can't stress that enough. I'm sure Kyra is the same way, right? It's absolutely always, excuse me, always. There's, there's a sense of bravery in forgiveness, yeah. right? Because you're, you're willing to do is to take a look at it. And whether you decide to bring someone in your life, you never talk to them again, you move on from the situation. There's a bravery at saying this no longer serves me, but I'm going to release it because I'm going to move on with my life and I'm no longer going to, there's, that is not weak. That is, that is brave. And I think, you know, I talk with my clients a lot about, about weakness. And I said, we got to get away from this word weakness. Weakness makes us put us in a mindset that if we do it, there's something wrong with us. If we don't do it, there's something wrong with us. It puts us in a mindset that we should worry about what others think about the decisions that we make in our lives, because they're the ones we're worried about being weak for, right? Like who, why are we worried about being weak if it's not for other people's perceptions? So when we bring that word and say, I have a weakness, that's a weak act, that's going to show me I'm a weak person, we're really setting ourselves up to not be able to make, take the steps and the actions that we need to do for our own well-being, which really should be our our first focus you know it's the whole oxygen mask yourself and the kid we've all heard a million times but it's but it's true you know if we're not taking the steps for our own well-being whether it be spiritually physically mentally then we're, we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage for not allowing ourselves to show up fully for ourselves and others it starts within us and it starts so if we can remove that word weakness <laughs> from our category and say you know maybe some things aren't for me maybe I don't want to do them but forgiveness is one of those acts that is really for our own benefit, our own well-being, and that will trickle down into everything else we do in the world. We're making different decisions. We'll have different energy. We'll have, you know, I love that you said toxic positivity because I get asked a lot as a positive psychology coach what that's about. And positive psychology takes the, you know, we take the negative with the positive. It's, you know, it's, it's life. It's not about smile all the time I guarantee I promise you I'm not smiling all the time <laughs> I promise you I like it is this a lot not smiling all the time say the f-bomb pretty damn off I mean I'm not smiling all the time but I understand that I have to take some of these steps around forgiveness I love gratitude I understand what you're saying about the word gratitude it has kind of become a thing to me it's more about the feeling and how it what it invokes in you than the word so I have these practices because I know that I want to shift my energy a certain way. I want to focus on my own well-being and that allows me to do what I need to do in this life that I have. 
Um, so yeah, I'm not a big fan of words like weakness. Yeah. I like the word weakness. Shockingly enough, I love how you're a positive psychology coach. Um, I used to call myself a positivity coach because I wanted to help people learn from the negativity and create more positivity in their life, right? I teach people how to be happy. In the midst of chaos and craziness, I teach people how to take that negative and turn it into a positive for their own growth, right? And that doesn't mean, obviously, I F-bomb all the time. I can't hold a smile for that long. Like, my husband will look at me. He's like, what's your problem? I'm just like, I'm mellow. Like, I have resting bitch face. Like, it's all good, right? Um, I'm not happy all the time. There are days where I don't want to do anything. I'm down. There are days where I'm borderline depressed because it's just one of those days, right? And that's okay. We're supposed to have those. I think the positivity movement, as it was created, uh, same with cancel culture and spiritual bypassing and all of this was like, oh, you're, you're talking really negative. Um, that's a lot of attraction faux pas. And I'm just like, like, do you not like your shit stinks too? Like, and that's the thing we're supposed to have those moments. The purpose of life is to experience. It's ex to experience negativity so that we learn and so that we grow and we be smarter and stronger and more powerful. I love weakness. I love the fact that I suck at drawing. I love the fact that I suck at drawing because I draw stick figures and I'm okay with that. It's not a weakness. I'm just not good at it. And that's okay because I have a better appreciation for other people's talent at creating beautiful works of art because mm -hmm. it's not something I can do, right? And I, I do totally agree with you. What I don't like about the word weakness, it's not that I don't think that- Crying is strength, right? I'm sorry. So men, uh, particularly men are taught that emotions are weak, crying is for sissies, um, growth some balls, all of the things men are taught as they're growing up about how to be masculine and not feminine and how, you know, emotions are for the weak and, you know, you're, you're turning a little it's bit girly. The way we use the word. Yeah. It's the way we use the word. It's the connotation of the word. The word itself is fine. We all have strengths. We all have, I also suck at, I don't even think I can draw a, strict, a stick figure to be honest with you. It's the connotation that people put behind that word. When they hear the word weakness, they automatically think I suck, I'm terrible. Instead of just thinking, this is just not something I'm good at, right? This is just not something that I am destined to do. This is not something that is in the cards for me. We have this negative connotation that when we say, well, here are your weaknesses, we automatically, a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us shrink, right? And that's the part, it's not the, it's not the, what we, what we can't do, I have an issue with, like, I'm with you. Negative emotions and feelings matter. And if we can learn how to process through them and learn the lesson, as you mentioned earlier, and some lessons we're going to learn really well, and some we're not, are not going to stick. It's life. We got to learn to ebb and flow with it for sure. So that for me, weakness, it's the connotation and the feeling that people associate yeah. with it more than the actual, what it, what it truly is. I totally get it. And that pisses me off too, right? If it, I always, I talk about unconditional love and, and for them, I talk about unconditional self-love and a lot of people don't realize what that truly is. And I always explain it this way. If you have somebody, a child, a partner, somebody that you unconditionally love, they're up on a stage and there's a bunch of people pointing out all of their weaknesses, all of their flaws, all of, you know, all of the bullying things that they could say to them. Is that going to change how you feel about that person? Probably not because you unconditionally love them right? You love them in spite of all their flaws. You love them in spite of all their weaknesses, right? Forgiveness is loving yourself, right? That's un we, we don't unconditionally love ourselves enough, and we should always unconditionally love ourselves. We should love who we are, good, bad, ugly, all of it, negativity, positivity, all of it, right? And learn how that ebb and flow works. Learn how that balance works. 
we are supposed to live in a grace in a gray we're not supposed to live too much in the white or too much in the black or whatever that looks like we're supposed to be in the middle and that healthy balance we're going to tip every so often right those down days those really good days but staying in that middle that center right mm -hmm. is where we flourish because we take from both right we use our weaknesses and it's not even weaknesses right i am volatile and vindictive and a lot of people say that my anger is a weakness and i don't believe it is because if i ever was out in public and i needed to protect myself or my children that volatile vindictive part of myself that very emotional irrational part that will hurt you in a heartbeat will jump up to defend if I need it. People call that your shadow side, right? You've got your shadow and your light, right? My shadow side is my protection. It's my courage. It's my ability to fight. My light side will cower in the corner, <laughs> right? Or be like, oh, it's okay. You just smacked me across the face. Oh, it's okay. Love and light. You know, it's okay. No, it's not. And having that balance and being able to, again, if we react to a situation and reaction is an emotional reaction, it is instant. There is no logic behind it. Our mind says react, we react. That's it, right? It's instinct. That's animalistic, right? If somebody smacks you and you bite their hand, <laughs> it's animalistic, <laughs> right? We tend to give in to our animalistic emotional reactions instead of logically saying, okay, you just sacked me in the face. It wasn't an accident. Okay, so now you're questioning, right? You use your logical mind. You don't use your emotional brain. You use your logical mind and you think, okay, person just smacked me in the face. I'm really angry. I'm about to go Hulk on them. <laughs> um, what, what did they mean to was it an accident were they swinging for somebody else do i need do i need to go hulk like what right and you you logically try to find out the situation forgiveness is the same thing right it's logically trying to find out okay number one did they intentionally mean to hurt you whatever situation you're holding on to whether it's a situation you created or somebody else created what was the intention behind it right and do they feel that even if they don't feel bad who cares you you can't control how somebody else feels but like if somebody right. walks up to me and they're like melissa you're such a bitch i'm gonna be like yeah your point kind of <laughs> you're why just why are you pointing it out like it's okay but why are you pointing it out right but if I turned around and I did that to somebody else and they found that word really offensive or they got hurt, right? And I'm going to be like, okay, I, I stopped. I've been doing this with my kids, my husband, my kids, my friends. I say, okay, I am sorry if I just offended you. That was not my intention. I didn't mean to. I didn't realize that me saying that or doing that would hurt your feelings. So I apologize. I will try not to do that again, right? Now that I know it's an issue, right? Forgiveness happens that way as well. If somebody doesn't realize that you have an issue with something they've done, with something they've said, with, some, with the way that they think, you don't control other people. You control your reaction, your responses. So if you, this is where I'm going with this part of forgiveness, right? How to forgive. Sometimes you need to understand that you don't owe that person forgiveness and they don't owe you an apology if the intention wasn't there mm -hmm. right a lot of fights and a lot of miscommunications a lot of relationship failures come down to that miscommunication that oh they did this and, and they never listen if they don't know why it's an issue for you and if they don't know how it's an issue for you number one you can't expect other people to change number two you can't put your issues on other people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right i don't my, my husband can call me the c word and i just laugh like i don't even care right he'll be like see you next tuesday and i'll be like right back at you <laughs> like i don't care <laughs> 
words have meaning only if you give them meaning. I completely agree with that. I completely. And I think in the case of some of what, what you mentioned, that it comes a lot of it in the moment type forgiveness comes down to that communication and to that relationship. I tell people, you got to detach yourself from the outcome a little bit, though, because you can't control other people. And when we go into it saying they owe me an apology, they owe me this. If you don't get one, you need to be able to, to get yourself in a frame of mind that says, huh, they didn't give me what I wanted. But I'm gonna, this is how I'm going to handle it for myself because you can't control others. So detaching ourselves from the outcome, I want the apology. I want them to do this. I want them to do that. Well, you may not get it. Nope. You may not get it. So to practice being able to say, okay, how am I going to internalize this? How am I going to handle this? And how am I going to move past it? Yeah. Um, in whatever way that means for me. In that situation, you can easily go, hey, you know, um, like my... If I went up to my husband and I said, listen, you know, I'm, I'm feeling this way. I'm not putting it on you because I'm feeling this way. I just wanted you to know that this behavior or this action or this word is hurtful to me. Here's why it's hurtful for me. You know, I'm not expecting you to change. Just know that that does affect me this way. And, and maybe the mutual respect, right? And that's not to say you can control whether did they do it again, but you kind of get a feel more so of the intention behind it, right? Is right. I know you're joking around. I don't really like that. And then you can tell going forward what their intention is, right? And then right. it's, yeah, it's this whole, I agree with you, the vicious cycle, right? Um, it, yeah. Life is complex. <laughs> so we do, and you know, I think at the end of the day, we all just need to remember, we, 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 one of us mentioned this earlier, we're doing the best we can. Mm -hmm. and, and I like to assume most people are doing the best they can. I like to assume that most people don't mean to come at you in a way that's going to hurt you. And so for myself and for people I chat with, if we kind of keep that in the back of our mind, if we acknowledge, if we process, if we move through in a way that works for us, we'll often come out in a way that's at least healthier with a different energy. Um, when we blame, you know, argue and hold on to it, it it's going to hurt us, us in the long run. That's so why I think these practices are so important to, to kind of work through for, for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add before we get going? No, this was, I love this conversation. Um, this is one of my, I could talk about this for days and days. So I love that we got a chance, an hour on this. Um, I love the insights and I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much. I, I love, you know, I love mindset and you and I have very similar um, passions and very similar roles. I'm all about positive psychology in, and similar to you, right. Is um, there's so many different things that if people just learn how to maneuver through their mind and maneuver through their actions and reactions, it would make an, an entirely different world, entirely different world. Agreed. Yeah, agree. And, you know, I think, I think for people when they, they hit a point like me, that's what happened to me. I ignored, I ignored, I ignored, burned the F out and I had nowhere else to go, but up and inside. Right. Like, so moving up and back up in my, my psyche, moving inside in terms of um, reflection and growth and healing and man, what a world of difference it made. If you had seen me the day after I quit my job versus two and a half years now, later now, I'm like a different person. Not personality-wise, but in the way I view things and the way that I Your see expression. things. And it's just because, what's that? Your expression. Yes. The way that I just view the world now and I understand myself better, I'm much easier on myself. I'm much quicker to forgive myself. And I'm not perfect and I don't try to be perfect. And that's what I tell people all the time. You don't throw away the idea of perfection because you're never going to achieve it. And you're going to just drive yourself crazy trying to do it. Just focus on being a good human and loving your life and doing the best you can every day. And that's, that's really kind of where the balance starts to come in. So it's amazing practices. Absolutely. All right. Well, 
I'm, I'm very, I love this episode and I can't wait for more people to hear it and just understand that your life is your own creation. As much as that sucks to hear, it really is. Um, when we're talking about identity and, and really figuring out who you are, it's not changing who you are. It's changing how you express yourself, how you view yourself and how you view the world. And it's life altering. It's, it's amazing in a good way, right? In a good way. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Just a family. Um, that has been our episode today. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Meaningful Balance. Um, I hope I said that right. (laughs) You got it. Um, go and check out the two coaching packages that they're offering link in the description. Uh, if you're ready to focus on your well-being, purpose and strengths, you can find success and live your life in a way that makes you happy. Go and check that out. Um, and go check out Kyra. You can check her, um, links in the description of this episode as well as mine. Uh, again, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciated it. I've loved this episode and I can't wait to potentially do it again. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. And I had fun. Absolutely. All right. Just a family go and check us out, join our newsletter, subscribe, um, go and like, and follow and share on majority of our social media platforms. You can find us at just alive TV on many of them, TikTok, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all over the place. So go and check that out and give us a like. Um, we're always looking, you know, to build up our subscribers and our and our viewers because it's all about you guys. If you would like to be a guest speaker or if you want to see a topic featured on the show, we are always looking. We're also looking for guest bloggers. This show is called Giving You Something to Talk About because we want to hear what you want to talk about. So if you have, again, a featured topic that you want to see on the show, let us know. Get involved, comment, share. All of that. We're always looking. All right. I'm your host, Melissa Crutchler. I will see you guys on the next episode.